Fire Nation in the house, a JLD here, and welcome to episode 1682 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Productivity, discipline, and focus are my three greatest strengths. Fire Nation, they can be yours too. Visit themasteryjournal.com. And a quick note, Fire Nation, we are going to be using the B word in the show today, and the content will be epic. So now let's chat with today's featured guest, Nicole Lappin. Making it happen. Nicole, are you prepared to ignite? Am I prepared? Let's do this. Yes. A New York Times bestselling author, Nicole is recognized as the only finance expert that doesn't require a dictionary to understand. She hosts the CW's new business competition reality show called Hatched and recently launched her second book, Boss Bitch, that empowers women to be the boss of their lives and careers. Nicole, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what you don't hear from that intro, and it was so fabulous, John, I kind of want to hang out with you every (laughs) single day. So thank you. I feel so much better about my life. I grew up in an immigrant household, first generation American, and never talked about business or finance or anything. And the truth is I'm the least likely person to become a financial expert. Um, Grew up in a pretty broken home, needed to start working early on, just needed a job, like a J-O-B. And I got one in business on the floor of the Chicago Merck when I was 18. And I totally lied and said that I loved business news and I had no idea what I was talking about. And I was thrown into the deep end. So I didn't get my MBA. I didn't work at a bank. I just went to the school of hard knocks. And I always say, you know, if I could do it, anyone can seriously do it. It's a language just like anything else. I just didn't have a Rosetta Stone and nobody does. We don't learn this stuff in school. So once I was able to speak the language, uh, I then spoke it to the world. I went on to CNN and CNBC and Bloomberg and fancy business networks. And I never would have imagined a decade later. Now I'm helping my former self that girl who was totally clueless and smiling and nodding and not joining the conversation actually speak the language too. Well, Nicole, you were on episode 889 of EO Fire. The best Fire. episode ever. Literally. Well, maybe second best. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes, right? I mean, okay. we got we to give this oh. one a chance. And 800 episodes later, literally, you're back on for episode 1682. So we've been hard at work. You've been hard at work. And Fire Nation, if you want to hear Nicole's story, meaning like her worst entrepreneurial moment, the aha moment that made it all happen, and of course, she crushed the lightning round, just go back to EO Fire. Type in Nicole in the search bar. That episode was epic. But Nicole, since then, you've done a lot of great things. We mentioned a few of them, like the business competition reality show Hatch and some other things have gone on. But what would you say through it all is your area of expertise? Kind of break that down for us, but then give us one thing that we probably don't know about your area of expertise that as entrepreneurs, we should. So my niche is sort of figuring out how to democratize financial content to the audience that actually needs it most. So when I was on these fancy aforementioned business networks, I was talking to a bunch of old, rich white dudes. And that's not editorializing, John. That's just what the Nielsen ratings show. (laughs) And I felt like there was a void in the market for not only a sassier voice, um, but I am the first business or finance book that swears. uh, Thank you very much. um, (laughs) My claim to infamy, I guess. And so, you know, what you might not realize off the bat is that I come to the 
conversation really in an unconventional way. So I have rethought conventional financial wisdom and thought for myself, and now I help others do the same. So, you know, we've heard time and again, don't buy a latte, buy a house. That's your ticket to financial freedom. And I'm like, oh my God, buy a latte, run to house perhaps. I don't know what, what might be right for you. Don't listen to me a hundred percent. Nothing is gospel. And it's really about thinking about what's best for you and not taking anything as tried and true. And I think buying a latte, for example, uh, it, you know, helps you stay on track and helps you from binging later on in the same way as a diet. Uh, if you give yourself a Hershey's kiss, you won't end up binging on a big old hunk of chocolate cake later on. This is the same thing as the small indulgences. So that's why you said, you know, I'm, I, you don't need a dictionary to understand me because this is just how I talk. I don't try to talk in jargon. I don't try to be somebody I'm not. I had imposter syndrome in my early career. And I thought, I think a lot of women in particular do, like, we don't feel like we belong at certain jobs and, you know, we think somebody's going to find us out and then you become comfortable in your own skin. And that's what I've done. I went from having to wear shoulder pads and teasing my hair and trying to, you know, be older or wiser. And, you know, I started CNN when I was 21. And what I realized later on is that my youth was actually one of my biggest assets. And it was the thing I tried to hide the most. So it's a journey for all of us. Um, and I just am who I am. Uh, you, you either love me or hate me. And I've learned to give zero amounts of Fs. Fs. <laughs> about it. And that's what I hope for other people as well. Well, personally, I love you, Nicole, and you definitely have the sass. Like, you make it happen. And we're not going down this rabbit hole because I know that wasn't the reason why you brought this up. But, you know, just even quickly to your point about, you know, don't buy a latte, buy a house, and, and don't listen to me either, Fire Nation. But, you know, why are we still trying to live in this world of like the perfect 1950s Wonder Year style when you wanted to have this cookie cutter house on a cookie cutter street and like that was the one dream? Like, we just live in a different world where we can be digital nomads. We can live wherever. We can go and rent an Airbnb in San Francisco for three months and then try Chicago and then do it in Florida and not be anchored down by this quote unquote mortgage when we can just rent our faces off until we really do get old and slow and want and want to settle down. I mean, this, you know, quote unquote American dream. And again, this is for another time, another story. You know, it needs to be reevaluated in a lot of ways. And that's something that I know you address a lot, Nicole, in your books is we just need to challenge the status quo. Like, why are these old white dudes giving all the advice? Like, where's, you know, the millennials? Where's the females? You know, where's the Latinos? Where's, where's all the people that have real honest voices? And I think this is one thing that you really bring to heart in Boss Bitch. So let's talk about that. What does that term exactly mean? Well, yes, here I am trying to fill all those voids. And being a boss bitch is a not only good thing, but a great thing. I take back the word and really own it as a badge of honor. I've been called the B word in a derogatory sense throughout my career. Uh, and what that meant was that I was strong, powerful, aggressive, ambitious, that not only did I want a seat at the table as a young woman, and yes, a millennial, but on the older end, um, but I wanted a voice at the table. And if that meant I'm a bitch, then awesome. I'm a bitch and I own that as a badge of honor. And if you look now on social media or Instagram or whatever, 
and you can search hashtag my bitches, there are pictures of all best friends. And so I think right now it's used as a term of camaraderie and endearment. And for me, I needed to know exactly who my audience is. And especially in media, as you know, you can't be all things to all people. If you're all things to all people, you're really nothing to no one. And if I came out with a book that was like, five steps to business freedom. Like I would be dead on arrival. Like, are you kidding? And I just needed to take that risk and say, I, I know who she is. Uh, I'm not trying to, to reach, you know, a massive audience of everybody in the whole world because everybody does need financial help, but I wanted to tailor it and make her my evangelist. And it's resonated. I mean, I'm back again, 800 episodes later, which is so awesome. You are so rad. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I took that risk, but it ended up resonating and ended up doing really well. It really did end up resonating with a lot of people. And I just love how you're just continuing down that theme. You found your voice. You're not trying to make everybody fall in love with you. Like I say, when people try to go broad, it's like they're just trying to go a mile wide and an inch deep so they can cover all the different areas. But guess what? That inch deep is not making an indentation anywhere. It's the people that just realize, hey, what if I just go one inch wide, one mile deep and just crush that, have my voice get heard by people who care, and then move forward from that direction. And that can grow to something bigger, but you're never going to grow screaming into the wind, trying to speak to everybody when everybody's doing the exact same thing, just screaming into the wind. And for you, Nicole, being the boss of you, what is owning the boss mentality anywhere you are? Like, what does that mean? I think we go through a lot of different stages in our career. So I've worked for bigger companies. I'm now working for myself. I could take time off and be a mompreneur or the CEO of my household. And I think a lot of women in particular go through those stages in our careers and every permutation in between. And so the only thing that's really portable is being the boss of you, having that mentality, having that confidence. And I think now a career well had looks more like a rope swing than a career ladder. Again, that's sort of your mama's, you know, career advice or business advice, like climb up the corporate ladder or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not relevant right now. <laughs> you know, we go through these different stages. By the way, a rope swing is way more fun and the view is way more awesome. So embrace that. Now, is there any difference about being the CEO of you? Is that the same as being the boss of you? It is. It's running your life like a business. And so it's scheduling time for personal things. It's scheduling time for social media stuff. It's also, you know, especially for women, that's not, this is not a thing for guys. It's taking control of your fertility. It's taking control of your goals of your family life because, you know, as women, we go through our thirties and we reach the stride in our career in a lot of senses. And that's also the time when our biological clock starts ticking. And I think we would be remiss, you know, as powerful career women who are super ambitious to not take account, take into account our family goals, because nothing is more time, money and energy intensive than having a kid. And I don't care what you decide to do, but it's about figuring out what you do want to do, have kids, have, don't have kids. I don't care. Just answer those questions for yourself. So you have more direction. You know, I always think you should reverse engineer from the goals you have in your life. A lot of people say to me, Oh my God, Nicole, if I just had a million dollars, it would be so amazing. So and I'm amazing. like, right. What do you want to do with that million dollars? Right. Like, do you, maybe you need more than a million dollars. I don't know. Maybe you need less, but it's about figuring out the life you want and then reverse engineering to figure out how to get the money and the direction to live the life you want. 
Yeah, and again, not to go down another rabbit hole, but you mentioned the thing about fertility. And to be honest with you, that actually applies to guys as well. I mean, I'm 37 years old now, no kids, still a question mark about if I want to go down that road or not. I haven't yet. Maybe I want to someday, but you know, I have a good college friend. We just went on a ski, ski trip together and he had to go through that process because he was 37 trying to go through um, having his first kid and he just had to face the reality that you know there weren't as many swimmers as there used to be. And so you can look at that as a guy as well. I know, yeah, it is interesting. I I was like, wow. And honestly, for the first time, I was like, well, maybe I need to look into this because I never even thought about that road. You should. Yeah. You should. I froze my eggs uh, two years ago and I documented it on Good Morning America and book because I was like, this is a crazy process and people need to know about this. And yeah, a lot of guys, especially when they're 40, they freeze their sperm and whatever. You know, I think these conversations are really siloed sometimes. It's like, you know, it's personal life and work life. It's like, no, no, no. It's all gray area. Like if you're not happy in one part of your life, you're not happy in general. And so it's driving me crazy that there's no other business book that talks about fertility or family planning. I mean, they're inextricably linked. And for me, it was really important to have that conversation together. Fire Nation, if you think this topic has been juicy so far, just stick around because we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors, but we're not going to skip a beat. One of the most critical things that I've done in my business to date is spending time doing things that don't scale, like engaging one-on-one with my audience. Now, I'll always engage one-on-one with my audience, but in order to grow a successful and sustainable business, implementing automation and other marketing strategies is a must. So what's the best way to build a meaningful relationship with your audience that's scalable? via email. Constant Contact's email marketing makes it easy for you to connect with your audience through easy-to-use tools like drag-and-drop design, real-time formatting, and a state-of-the-art editor, which makes it easy to create interactive content that drives engagement. Plus, with Constant Contact, you'll get free expert coaching when and where you need it, making it easy to get results fast. So if you ever have a question or need just a little marketing advice, there is someone there to help. See how you can be a marketer. Sign up for a free trial today at constantcontact.com slash podcast. That's constantcontact.com slash podcast. If you're looking for a new logo or website design, but aren't really the design type, then I've got a great resource for you. It's called Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a crowdsourcing platform that gives you access to 500,000 creative minds from around the world who can come up with amazing designs for you. This is a huge plus for those of us who find ourselves to be designed challenged. All you have to do is launch your brief, and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from, visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on Design Crowd. So Nicole, we are back and kind of talk about being the boss at work. So give us a little breakdown. How do we think like a boss? How do we talk like a boss? What's the deal? Again, in particular for women, but this applies to everybody. Um, I am so tired of the I'm sorry's all the time. They think there's an I'm sorry epidemic. And so <laughs> I think it's about, you know, thinking about how to talk like a boss, which is, you know, an important thing in all aspects of your life. So we say I'm sorry for when people bump into us. 
why are we sorry for that? Um, we say, I'm sorry for responding to an email a couple hours later. Why is that worthy of an apology? Studies have shown that men will apologize as well, but only when they actually do something wrong. So I literally counted how many times they said I'm sorry during the day, and it was like 50. And then I started realizing, like, what have I been sorry for? And, you know, it's really about coming from a place of confidence. So I also think it's important to say thank you more often. Um, when we get compliments, you know, let's say, okay, John, compliment my hair. I know you can't see it right now, but just your hair looks amazing, by the way. Thanks, John. That's the answer. Thank you. You know, a lot of times we go into like, oh, well, it's so dirty. It looks terrible. <laughs> I, you know, I put through dry shampoo. Like, ugh. But your hair looks amazing. Like, no, 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 no. Just say thank you and move on. Well, let me ask you something on that topic because this is something that I'm kind of curious about that I've started doing um, and maybe you have thoughts on it, maybe you don't, but I heard somebody do it. Um, One of my mentors, actually, Sean Stevenson of the Model Health Show, he's just like this fitness stud and, and he was my trainer for a while and whenever he would give me a compliment, I would do what you just were talking about. I would deflect a little bit and that's never the right thing to do. But then he said, John, you need to receive compliments. Like, and don't even just give necessarily like a quick thank you because, you know, you don't want to give like that automatic, like, I love you, I love you. Like, does it mean anything? So he said, really acknowledge the fact that people are giving you a compliment by saying, listen, like, like, thank you. Like, I receive that. I appreciate that. And it means a lot. And then you kind of move on. Like, what are your thoughts on even being a little more kind of direct on that? A hundred percent. I mean, that deflection is, you know, comes from a place of weakness. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you're apologizing, yes, apologize. I, I start now counting how many times I say I'm sorry. And it's, you know, <laughs> probably less than 10. But it's really if I messed something up. Otherwise, you know, when you get a compliment as well, you've done something great, you know, and you can give compliments too. And I think, you know, there's a quote that says, like, if you give somebody a compliment, it lasts for a really long time. I'm paraphrasing it. And, you know, we we tend to cling on to the negative feedback. So when I was at CNN, I would read viewer emails and I'd get a lot of awesome ones. And then I'd get like one negative feedback and I would fixate on that when it was just a small percentage of the whole shebang. And so you've had to, uh, for me, I've had to change my mindset. And not only has my career, but my boss mentality has followed. One thing I have a question on when it comes to sorry, and this is directly from my friend, Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5. And she would always say this, and I would kind of like give a little smirk about it because when I started saying it, I was like, you know, I'm kind of making a game about this sorry thing. So like you bump into somebody, you'd be like, sorry, not sorry, like in one <laughs> sentence. Because like you're saying like, yeah, I know we usually say sorry here, but I'm really not sorry. So sorry, not sorry. Like, what are your thoughts about that as maybe kind of starting to bridge that gap towards not even just saying sorry all the time? Yeah, I think, you know, women in particular want to be empathetic and, you know, have that feminine touch. And so I think it stems from a really good place. Um, it just is something we should be way more mindful of. And look, sorry, not sorry. I hashtag that all the time. Oh, do you really? I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, you know, that's an interesting place. That's, you know, being really unapologetic. And so I love that. That's more of a place of confidence. And so, you know, all I'm trying to say is that even the words that come out of your mouth contribute to that boss mentality. I also think, and you probably know this, there's a well-known business concept um, that if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah, Derek Sabers. It's a no. Yeah, and so... If, you know, this applies to our personal life too, you know, like dating, for example, if it's a maybe for a dude, I mean, in your case for a girl, like 
it's a no. <laughs> there should be no question about that. And it, when you get to a certain place in your career, you know, you've gotten to this place. If you have projects that come, you know, in your email or whatever, come across your desk. I don't even know if you have a desk. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but if I get offered projects, you know, at this point in my career, I'm really lucky. And this, I, I wouldn't say this when you're starting out, you have to do a lot of grunt work and you have to say yes to a lot of stuff you don't want to do. But at a certain point, if you try to do too much, again, this is about going the same, you know, ideas going too wide and not going deep. If you try to do a bunch of stuff, you're not doing anything well. And and so I think that litmus test is also really important. So it's about saying, so it's about not saying sorry. It's about saying thank you more often. And it's about saying no more often too. One thing I know that Fire Nation does dream of is finding their dream job. So what can you give us in that area? So I think it's really important, especially when you have a nine to five job to have a side hustle and incubate that idea um, as you already have a steady paycheck. Because as you know, starting a business is not all rainbows and butterflies. We see a bunch of cool entrepreneurs on the cover of Forbes or Fortune or whatever, flying around in G5s. And you're like, I can start Facebook, I can start Instagram (laughs) or whatever. And yeah, it's easier now than ever before to become an entrepreneur, which is awesome. But it's also easier now than ever before to become an entrepreneur and everybody's trying to do it. And nobody really, you know, has a roadmap or a playbook. So I go through the less fun parts, but the necessary parts too. starting a corporation, getting your trademark stuff together. You know, again, there's a lot of great perks, but if you keep, you have to keep it real. Most businesses fail. And so if you go into it, you know, mentally flying that G5 or whatever, before you get off the ground, that's a recipe for terrible, like a terrible first year and inevitably, you know, a bad business. And so I think, you know, if you have something that you've always wanted to do, let's say you're at an accounting job or whatever, and you're doodling in your notebook cupcakes and you're like, oh my God, if I could just start a cupcake shop, this would be amazing. I would die a happy woman. You know, you bake cupcakes for your friends on the weekends or whatever. And then you go and you start making that into like a side business. And then you go from just making them for your friends to making them to sell. And then you start having to source flour and then you start needing to have a commercial kitchen. And then you need to do, you know, the books for your business and be the janitor. And and then it becomes more of a jobby than a hobby. And let's say you hate it. Then you're like, whoa, this, you know, I just wanted to make cupcakes. I didn't, you know, that was the fun part. And then you got it out of your system and you realize, you know, sometimes it's just as important to figure out what you don't want to do as figure out what you do want to do, because then you go back to work and you're like, awesome. I got this out of my system and I can now focus on being entrepreneurial within a bigger company because you can do that too. And you can create a brand within the confines of a bigger brand. If you find your sweet spot of the things you want to do, that also makes sense with the company you're in. More of a jobby than a hobby. Fire Nation, (laughs) absorb those words for sure. And Nicole, how I want to kind of close this out. I love this phrase that you've used before. You know, it's about making money, losing money, but either way, without losing yourself, how do we accomplish that? So I think it's really important to realize that you are your business. And so a lot of times when we don't have real equity, we try to use sweat equity. And then you're just running yourself ragged. And so 
I, I think it's, you know, it sounds very Pollyanna-ish of me. And it's like, thanks, mom. But it's really about taking care of yourself. And if you are sick, you know, your business is going to be sick. And so if you run yourself to the ground, that's not helping anyone. Because especially in the beginning, you're not going to have a lot of employees. You shouldn't, by the way. And you should be really scrappy. This whole idea of, you know, I need to raise money and like give away equity. Like that's bananas. I don't know why people have had this shark tank effect or even my show. You don't need equity in the beginning. Like that's just, you know, a proliferated idea of something that's like, you do, you don't become the boss of you. You started your business, right. To own it. And then you give away, you don't realize you're giving away your company You're giving away sort of the boss status you do raise money. So I think when you're first starting, you sort of need to wrap your head around that and then have a good support system um, of folks that can pick you up when you're feeling terrible because you will. And I don't sugarcoat any of this. I have terrible days. I started a business I love, but I'm not every day. Like I wake up jumping out of bed and be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I get to talk to Jolly Dumas today. This is wonderful. Well, that today I did yes. obviously, <laughs> but this idea, and you probably have a lot of people in the show too. You know, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but you know, when you're like, follow your passion, it's going to be amazing. Just burn your corporate bra. It's going to be so awesome. Well, it's about like actually planning for that. If your family needs health insurance or whatever and you have a job, you're not going to have all these benefits when you're starting out. And there's no shame in like working to feed your family. It's about like really keeping it real before you go into something um, that you might have rose-colored glasses with. You're not being a Debbie Downer. You are being a dose of reality. And Fire Nation, I hope you understand that because this is the reality of the world that we live in. Now, Nicole, let's end today on fire. So give us a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh my gosh, it's over already. So sad. I'm having separation anxiety already. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to negotiate everything in your life. Um, it's very zeitgeisty to go- negotiate your salary. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So in Boss Bitch, I go through scripts to do just that. And in Rich Bitch, I talked about negotiating your medical bills, your APR on your credit card. I don't know why people don't do that. Your cell phone bills, all sorts of stuff. I was just on Dr. Oz and Rachel Ray, and I did that for a couple of viewers and we got a ton off their bills wow. and it's your money you might as well fight like for was it like a live call on their show like you had them go on speakerphone yeah. that's so cool yeah you can check it out i actually also i was if you know what an ifb is it's like a little earpiece and yeah. um, this woman went to a cell phone store and i was in the car and she had like a little hidden camera and i was telling her what to say to the you know the person at the <laughs> cell phone store to like get more off and it's crazy like i don't also the, your credit cards and things like that. I, I lowered her interest rates. So again, it doesn't work all the time, but you worked really hard for your money. And the worst thing they can say is no. Yeah. Yeah. If you have to be carrying an APR, it might as well be as low as possible. hundred percent. And yeah, you can check me out on the Instagrams, <laughs> Nicole Lappin, on the Twitters, on everything. And I would be lying if I said I respond to everything, but my team does. And we try to answer all the questions individual questions that people have. Nicole Lappin is making it happen, Fire Nation. And you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out 
with Nicole and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. And if you type Nicole in the search bar, that's N-I-C-O-L-E, you'll get to hear this episode, of course, but also episode 889, where she crushed it, talking about her worst entrepreneurial moment, about her aha moment. We talk about Rich Bitch there as well and do some really cool things. So check that one out too. And of course, check her out on all the Instagrams, all the socials. And don't forget the book Boss Bitch is available. So make sure it is in your bookshelves, on your bookshelves, in your Kindle, all of the above. And Nicole, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. I salute you back. I feel on fire. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Nicole today. Check out our free podcasting course where you can create, grow, and monetize your podcast, freepodcastcourse.com. I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. The best way to build a meaningful relationship with your audience that's scalable is email. And Constant Contact makes it easy. See how you can be a marketer. Sign up for a free trial today at constantcontact.com slash podcast. That's constantcontact.com slash podcast.